are listening to the Oracle of Light podcast with Shauna DeMellon. I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Alice Brooks, and she is a mortician. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. We're so thrilled. I've been telling so many people, I have a mortician who's coming on the show. I have a mortician. I have a mortician. And people are just so, so fascinated. You know, it's, it's interesting because I find, um, you know, people are, they're either really intrigued with the death process or they want nothing to do with it. And it's just, yeah, like it's so fascinating. And so can you tell us, you know, how did you become a mortician? Like, was this, was this, a, did you think when you were a little girl, I really want to work with dead people? And, and, you know, were you, were you attracted to it? And how did it happen? You know, it was such a fluke. I, uh, I, I tried so many different careers. Um, and uh, I actually went to New Orleans and had some really awesome spiritual experiences and connected with a really awesome tarot reader there. And uh, she read my cards for me. And, you know, I was between paths. I was like, you know, I want to do this, this or this. I gave her three choices, essentially, but I didn't tell her what the choices were. And uh, it was amazing because she drew nothing but major arcana saying that mortician, 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 mortician. So uh, (laughs) within within the month I started school and then uh, the following couple of weeks, I ended up getting a job totally by fluke. And uh, here I am. So it, 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 the pieces fell together for me. I love that. That is so fantastic. And so, you know, there are so many negative cultural associations with death and, and dead bodies and, and the dying process, everything around death. Did it take you a while to get comfortable with dead bodies, with that whole process? You know, It did. And um, I think I've just been very lucky in that um, ever since I was able to walk, I've been a hunter fisher. So, you know, that blood gore kind of side of things never bothered me to begin with. Um, And as far as death and dying, um, I've I've always been comfortable with the subject, which is is kind of interesting. And it's Mm -hmm kind of leads more towards, oh, okay, this is the right field for me because I've never I've never had that fear of death. Uh, maybe some other people have, so it just worked out. That's amazing. And, you know, we've seen all sorts of different movies and, you know, <laughs> everything is so, is, is made to be, you know, so creepy and, you know, you know, you know, we're in the, we're in the morgue, we're in the cooler, and, you know, there's a body that comes back to life, or, you know, there's a body that moves or shifts, or, you know what I mean, or there's a body that's disappeared. I mean, have you ever had any of that kind of weirdo stuff happen? Oh, yes. So, uh, (laughs) I wish it wasn't true, but there is some things and maybe it's the psychology side of things that when you're working with dead people, you start seeing things because your brain's already going, whoa, this is weird. But, um, you know, the, the mediumship side of me knows that's, it, there's, there's spirit there. So, um, but my first couple of weeks of work, <laughs> I was alone in the prep room and um, I was still new. So I had a body on the table and, uh, you know, I wasn't quite used to being alone with them. And, uh, 
we have a cooler in the prep room where we keep the bodies and it's it's locked with a passcode so there's no way to get in there there's no way for that door to open without um intention and uh i kid you not it was like the moment i admitted in my mind that i was scared that door swung right open <laughs> and honestly i felt like my soul left my body i I had to keep it under control because all I could think is, oh, what if my mentor walks in and, you know, I'm freaking out. So yeah. I started talking and I think this is really where I, I started talking to the bodies almost on instincts. I just started saying, you know, oh, you know, you know, we got to keep that close. Got to keep you cool in there, guys. Okay. And I'm like nervous laughing and I just walked over, closed the door. And then I was making my way out of the prep room because I was like, you know what? I don't know if I should be here right now. And my mentor came back in and everything kind of calmed down. But man, in that moment, <laughs> I was terrified. Oh, that gives me goosies just thinking about it. Like I'm there with you and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. You know, and it's, you know, over the years, I mean, I've lost loved ones and, and I, you know, we've been to services and, um, you know, the majority of my loved ones that have crossed, you know, it, it has been cremation and, um, you know, there have been some viewings. And so I can say that I've seen, um, you know, seen a dead body, but I haven't, I can't imagine being in a room with them, which is really fascinating. And as a medium, I'm connecting with their soul and their spirits. And, and so it's, I find it so fascinating. And so when you tell people that you're a mortician, you tell people what you do, how do they react? Is it fear? Is it, wow, that's amazing. What does that look like when you share that with people? Um, there's usually one of two things. It's either, oh my God, that's so cool. Tell me everything or, okay, I don't want to hear anymore. <gasps> um, so it, it's very interesting. It's, it's almost like exactly 50-50. I don't seem to ever get an in-between. People either want to know everything or they don't want to know a single thing about it. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. That is so cool. Yeah. And so here's a question, you know, I was, I was visiting with a couple of girlfriends last week and, and they were asking, you know, what's going to happen with the podcast? You know, what have you got coming up for, for October? Cause it's so spooky and it's exciting. And I said, well, I have a mortician. And so one of my girlfriends said, you have to ask her, how long does rigor mortis last? Like, what does that look like? And so they're very curious. <laughs> That's from one of our, our listeners would like to know. <laughs> yeah. So rigor mortis typically lasts about 72 hours. Okay. Um, so I've actually had situations where a body's come in and it's not yet in rigor mortis. Um, so it does take some time for that to set. Okay. Um, sorry, my kitten's deciding to scream at me right now. Um, <laughs> He's contributing. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so I've had bodies that rigor mortis hasn't set in, and then I've had bodies that rigor mortis is impossible to relieve, and then I've had bodies that have been there long enough that rigor mortis is no longer a factor. So about 72 hours um, is how long that lasts. Amazing. And now can you tell us where the bodies are stored? Is it a, a cooler? Is it, what does that look like? So we typically keep the bodies in a cooler. Um, and I don't want people thinking like a cooler, like some horrible area. Um, they're always kept 
on tables or in caskets, very dignified. We bundle them up as if they're going to sleep. Um, but it is it is a cooler. Um, that's just to prevent decomposition. Of course, of course. And now how many bodies do you typically work on in a day? Or do you have certain cases that the body requires more preparation and it, it takes longer to have that body ready for, say, perhaps a viewing? Yeah, so it depends on what the family needs. So there's a couple of different ways we can we can view a body. Um, we can do just a minimal preparation, which is basically I'm taking the body and I'm closing the eyes and mouth, just essentially making them look more peaceful. Um, but I'm not doing anything like a full embalming. I'm not um, doing any sort of restorative procedures or chemical um, procedures for um, preservation. So in these cases, it would be the families coming to ID the body. They're going to spend maybe a maximum of an hour and then the body's back in the cooler and all is done. So those preparations only take about 20 minutes. So if I'm doing quite a few of those, I mean, I could do as many as 10 bodies if I had them. Um, but if I'm doing an embalming procedure, that can take three to four hours. So then my day would usually be one embalming. I'd never try to do two embalmings in a day. Not that it's unheard of, but just for the sake of dignity and um, just my ability, because I am fresh, um, I probably wouldn't attempt to do two. Right. But uh, yeah, so it could be anywhere from one body if, it, if it's, a, it's a long procedure or, you know, 10 <laughs> if I have them. I usually don't have more than three or four bodies at a time. So, okay. I got you. So, so what does your, what, what, what would a typical day look like for you? Like, so you get up in the morning and you have your coffee and your breakfast and you kind of go into work and you see kind of who's there and, and what you need to do. And then you just kind of go about your day and you have lunch and go about your afternoon. Is that kind of, it's just, it's like a regular job. Totally. Um, yeah. That's essentially it. I get to work, I have my coffee and, you know, my mentors give me the rundown of what happened while I was away and um, jump to it. <laughs> I, I try to get all the stuff in the back kind of done first thing in the morning. And then I spend the rest of the day more or less dealing with um, the families. So the, the living members mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it, and it's, it's so hit and miss. I have weeks where it's nonstop. I'm running with a chicken with like running like a chicken with my head cut off. And then there's weeks where, you know, I can really take my time and, you know, I, I, I end up doing some schoolwork sometimes <laughs> just depending. So um, every day is totally different. Amazing. I love that. And I love how, you know, the first time that we met, I love how you shared that you love the, you love the process of, of how, how beautiful it can be for the family and how special it is for them to see their loved one. And so it's, I think that you bring, I think you bring a special element to it. It's just, I think it's just beautiful. It's, you know, and, and as a medium, I see the death process as something beautiful. I see it as you know, we are in these beautiful bodies for a certain amount of time. And then when this body uh, is no longer wanting to continue, then we leave the physical form. And so I think it's beautiful that you provide such, such dignity and caring to the work that you do. I think it's so beautiful. Are there any special, 
requests that you get from families? Like, do, do families want to, um, you know, leave jewelry with their loved ones or any sort of mementos or anything like that? Yeah, that's actually something we encourage. So um, a lot of times if a body's going for cremation or burial, um, we encourage them to bring clothes so we can dress them. Um, and then a lot of times they'll leave letters or photos um, with their loved one. So it's almost like they're getting, you know, dressed up for their last, you know, hurrah. And uh, we'll, we'll place the items with them and, and they'll go with them for cremation or burial. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's very nice. It's, it's kind of like a, your final gift. And, and it kind of in a way makes you feel like they're not going without love. So, you know, you're putting those, those I, I get a lot of beautiful letters that we place with them. Yeah. And it, it's kind of nice to know that they're going with those beautiful words. Oh, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. Do people ever choose to be there when their loved one is going to be cremated? Or is that something that you typically just handle for the family? You know, we offer uh, witness cremations. So um, absolutely. And it's not something that I'm either for or against. For some people, I imagine that could be very hard to, to witness. And for some people, depending on your religion or just your views on death in general, it could be something very healing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something we offer. Um, I would say more often than not, I tend to be the one who takes care of everything and the families don't necessarily want to be there. Um, and that's totally okay. I, mm -hmm. I personally, I have a fear of the crematorium <laughs> and I must have been as a witch in a past life because <laughs> that thing freaks me out. So I totally appreciate that families have a fear of it as well. Of course. Now, is it difficult to dress a corpse? <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. it is very difficult. Um, it's something about that dead weight that just makes moving those limbs and that body so hard. So I have learned a lot of fantastic ways to manipulate weight um, so that I can get them to roll and what have you so I can put their clothes on. Maybe. But it is definitely a process. And a lot of times we'll, we'll get a, an extra person to help if it's something really complicated, like a, like a full uniform or something like that. So it is difficult, but it's not because of the rigor mortis, believe it or not, because you can relieve rigor quite easily. Um, it is because, just because it's like, just dead weight. They don't really help. <laughs> I say put up your arms and they don't do it. So <laughs> you're not helping. <laughs> oh, and with the makeup, I'm, I'm assuming that it's just very, it's, it depends on, it depends on the state that the body has, has come in, that depends on if there's a viewing, what the family would like, if it's very minimal to have, you know, look, make them look like they're sleeping or what does that look like for you, the whole makeup idea? So it's so fun because I actually used to work as a makeup artist for living people. So um, switching that over to makeup for deceased is so fantastically different. Um, and the reason being is I'm no longer uh, accentuating features. I'm trying to rebuild features now. Um, and there is this really cool um, term called uncanny valley that a lot of people experience when seeing their loved one um, after they've passed simply because 
it's just the angles, the lighting, um, you're going to see them, but they're going to look slightly off. So we have quite a bit of training to learn how to counteract that uncanny effect. So for example, when I'm doing makeup on a deceased, I'm adding shadows and adding highlights in areas to make it look as if they were sitting up. Oh, because typically most people won't see their loved one laying down with their eyes shut. So I have to kind of work to understand what you normally see them like and restore them to that. So it's not necessarily simple makeup, but it's not dolled up. It's looks very natural, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Do you ever need to shave men? Do you need to ever do shave? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've shaved women too. I mean, when some people grow a little hair, I, I grow a mustache, I ain't gonna lie. So oh, the beard comes in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, shaving is definitely something we'll do unless it's not requested. So um, maybe that stubble is how they looked in life. Perfect, we're gonna leave it how they looked in life. It's all about how they appeared in life. We're restoring them to that. So they'll, families will give us a picture and we're going, okay, we're gonna make them look like they did then. Oh, perfect. Okay. So they give you pictures and then you have that to go on and just, that's amazing. I think that's, I think that's beautiful. It's so, so important. Do you remember your very first corpse? Yes. <laughs> I was so lucky that this corpse, uh, well, this decedent ended up being, uh, you know, over 300 pounds. And uh, my introduction to dealing with deceased was, okay, get in the back and help them bring that body in. <laughs> um, they didn't really give me the, you know, slow steps. Okay, you can go in the room and see how you feel. No, it was go grab that. And uh, there was a lot to grab. And it, it, the, the decedent had actually been autopsied as well. So it was uh, just kind of thrown right into it. Here is probably the most, um, I, I'll, I'll say gory kind of mm -hmm. case that you'll see. Well, not necessarily, but it, it was an interesting start. I, I remember that case very well. <laughs> and uh, that was actually the case that was on the table when the door opened. So Ooh. my introduction was... <laughs> definitely like this universe was trying to scare me out of it and I said no I'm staying and <laughs> wow you were just thrown in the deep end right here you go yeah. <laughs> that is amazing how are our bodies typically um you know our, our bodies all the bodies that you receive are they all typically autopsied or is that is there a certain percentage that you see no it's case based so families can re uh, request autopsies wow I can't talk um, families can request them or um, if it was like an unexpected death or whatever, the doctors will request them. Mm. So it's very case by case. Um, I see a fair amount of autopsies, but I would say more often than not, um, autopsies aren't as common. Mm, okay. They're not as common. Okay. Fascinating. Do you have any, any other cases that that really stand out for you over the years that that you could share with us I've had so many fantastic <laughs> cases um I, I I feel a really good connection with decedents um mostly because I have that mediumship ability so um off the top of my head I did have a decedent that was actually 
very close to my age and um, had passed away due to um, a very unfortunate situation involving uh, domestic violence. So that was, that felt a little bit harder to deal with. Um, mm -hmm. But it ended up being very special because I was able to connect with the family simply by telling them, you know, I spent some time with, with your loved one after they had passed and um, I want you to know that they're at peace and that I talked with them and I held their hand and all this and um, it really really helped the family with their grieving it was it was like giving them that peace knowing that not only was I with their lost loved one but I was communicating with their lost loved one and I was caring for them as if they were still alive um, so that connection was something that I definitely kept with me. And then that connection, actually, you and I ended up connecting with um, at our session. And uh, that decedent decided to come through and have some words with us as well. So that was very cool. And she was lovely. And, you know, it's, I think it's beautiful because you, you take, you know, I mean, these are, these are situations that are traumatic. It's, it's incredible loss. It's, it's devastating. It's just it's the full spectrum of emotions and feelings and, and fear and all of these different things. And it's like you, you just what you said, you know, you treat the bodies the way that you would treat them if they were living. Like yes. it's, it's, it's just, it's just the body. And I love that you have your mediumship abilities as well, because you're, you're able to connect with those spirits that are still kind of lingering around the body. I'm sure a lot of them, they're gone, they're off doing their thing, but I think that's so fantastic. And so do you find being open to the spirit world, do you find that that adds a different element to your work than say, for example, any of your colleagues that are just, no, this is what we're doing and da, 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 it's just a body and, and this is how we do it. Like it's, I imagine that your, your gifts and capacities with spirit communication just add a completely different element to the job that you do. You know, what's funny is that although my mentors, I can't say if they're connected with the spirit world or not, um, they treat the bodies the same as I do. So it's so funny because I'll walk in the back and they'll be chatting with them as well. And although I don't think they hear the responses like I do, um, it's very much like these, these people are in our care just as if they were alive. Um, but definitely me being able to connect with them spiritually and understand, okay, there is an earthbound spirit in this room or hanging around here and maybe they need some help crossing over. Um, it just brings that extra level of, wow, like I'm helping not only their families, but I'm helping them. And I'm helping them in a way only I can help them. And um, it really just brings a kind of like a whole new level of fulfillment at work, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I imagine, you know, it's one aspect to work with the body. And then another aspect, if you're connecting with that soul and that spirit, and then another aspect, if you're dealing with the family, I think it's just, there's so many different moving parts to that whole experience. Are there any other, any other stories that you'd like to share with us? I have a really touching one. Um, we were doing a service and uh, it was a full visitation, um, you know, a beautiful service. And the whole time I kept thinking, you know, why, why hasn't, the decedent showed up. Why isn't spirit here? Why isn't spirit, you know, saying hello to the family? Because usually when we have such fantastic services, I, I can usually tell that spirits hung around to, to see it. And I couldn't, couldn't find them. And I was kind of weird about it. But I was watching on the camera in the back 
while they were doing their service. And uh, well, the daughter was doing this beautiful eulogy that brought me to cheers. Um, it was awesome because I was looking through the camera and these orbs just showed up and filtered through and it was just awesome. It was like, oh, there you are. <laughs> and you are here. Yeah, and it was gorgeous. And um, the orbs stuck around and floated around her and kind of filtered through the chapel. And then um, we turned on music and it was just a playlist. It wasn't, uh, sorry, it wasn't even a playlist. It was on shuffle. So we didn't have any music prepared. And Spirit decided to take hold of that machine and started playing songs like, you know, if I'm not here tomorrow and, you know, just basically speaking through the electronics. Yeah. And um, it was like these words, these songs were, it couldn't have been picked by anybody else. And uh, these were songs that the decedent, you know, didn't even listen to. It wasn't even their music. It was like, okay, you know what? This is a song that's going to tell them what I need to tell them right now. And it was very cool to kind of experience that because even my, my mentors were like, whoa, we didn't choose those songs. Did you hear those songs? That was crazy. And I was like, yeah, well, you didn't have to. <laughs> so, a spirit DJ in the house. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, that's fantastic. Have there been any cases that, um, any cases that have come in, any bodies that you've worked on and um, that you've known the history, any that you've had a hard time leaving at work at the end of the day, anything that's, that's really lingered? You know, I've been very, very fortunate in that I don't take a lot home with me. Um, not to say that I don't think about it, but I, it definitely doesn't affect me. Um, because when I'm at work, I'm able to close that door and say, you know what, I'll see you when I see you. And I'm completely confident in my team, um, obviously, because they've been there way longer than me, um, that those, those decedents are being cared for just as if I was there. So um, I don't ever have a worry that, you know, oh, I didn't do this, or I didn't do that, or, um, you know, oh, that was a really hard case to deal with. Because luckily, with this mediumship ability, Yes, I, I'll witness these traumatic cases, but I also get to witness the other side and know that they are in paradise now and that, you know, it's this this human shell. Yeah, it may be in pretty bad shape, but their soul isn't. Their soul is in paradise and happy and at peace. And that gives me enough peace to come home at the end of the day and know that, okay, yeah, it was a little traumatic, but they're happy. I'm happy. I don't need to keep thinking about it. That's amazing. And I think it's, I think it's so important to, um, it's so important to realize that and to be able to disconnect from that. You know, I remember doing, you know, the first few readings that I did over the, you know, years ago when I first started, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, they would kind of stick with me throughout the night and I'd be thinking about it. And it was just like, oh my goodness. And, you know, it's, I'm sure that you find this as well, that you just, the more that you do it, the more you're neutral with it. You're just you just do your thing and away you go and you're off to the races. And I just love that. I think that that is so fantastic. And I am so grateful for your time. Thank you for sharing all of this amazing information with all of our listeners. And I look forward to connecting with you again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And honestly, I got to thank you because I wouldn't be doing these medium things without your help. So um, if anything, uh, you've made my job way better. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Thank you. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. <laughs>